All right, guys, welcome back to the Concrete Podcast. We are back again with Michael Milani, the CEO of Mondium Capital. And we kind of just want to touch base again because it's been a while since I've been, been on the podcast. We've actually been discussing of doing this kind of like a monthly thing where we bring on Michael. We talk about a lot of stuff when it comes to brokerages, uh, um, trading in general, diving into kind of like the niche world of boutique brokerages, which is what Mondium actually is. And so without further ado, welcome back, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Good to be back. Absolutely. So I think we should start off with the fact that I've been testing out Mondium recently. And this is something that I was meaning to do for a very long time. If you guys are any of my current students, or if you've watched any of my streams on YouTube, you'll know that every now and then I'll get people asking me, hey, what do you think about this brokerage? What do you think about this? And I don't like to give recommendations on things that I haven't tested before. And so I wanted to test out Modium for myself, actually, because I looked at what they were offering. You know, I've talked to Michael in the past, and I think it was something that I could really find useful in comparison to what I use now. And so I wanted to give it a test run. I uh, basically loaded up the account with a relatively small amount of money compared to my main account and just kind of gave it, you know, gave it a go. And so I think this is going to be a bit of a process for me to kind of gauge how everything is going. But in my intention, if everything goes well, I would love to be able to just transfer my entire account over and just start trading with them full time. Yeah. So, I'll say this. I'll say this one thing, and I, I say this to a lot of traders that are in the same boat, right? Mondium only caters to traders with experience. So, as you know from going through our portal and our, our onboarding process, uh, we only want traders that have a year of experience or more. Which means that literally every single Mondium trader has come to us from another firm. And yeah. the one thing I tell people is, is that obviously, look, you're a successful trader. Um, you've got a you've got a nice training business. Um, the last thing you want to do is uproot something that's working for you, because clearly that it is, um, to, you know, close your accounts, dive over to Mondium. Oh, I, I, I listened to the CEO. Sounds like a good guy, good pricing. I'm going to dive over there. I almost tell everybody the same thing. Open up a small account, get a feel for what we're doing. And, and as you know, trading two accounts, and I'm sure you'll tell the story about what happens here. Um, trading two accounts can be complicated at times, especially when you're on the same platform. So it's, it's always a little cumbersome, but uh, my advice to new traders that are, um, again, not new traders, experienced traders, but traders that are looking to be new to Mondium or new to any broker, start small, ease into it. Don't close one account to open up another one. Get a feel for what Mondium is about. I know that you have an open account with us and that's what you're doing. Um, um, decide which brokerage is the best for you, because I've said this on your podcast and other ones before. Every customer is not a great fit for every brokerage firm. There's a lot of options out there. Uh, I know I talk a lot about the difference between investing and trading, how they're different, clear customer types, um, active trading versus sort of swing and position trading. Um, so I think what you're doing by having a couple of accounts open, testing a new broker, getting a feel for what the routing looks like and whatnot is a perfect way to do it. And then, like I said, if if as um, as you get more comfortable with us and, and get a feel for everything and we're 
customer service wise, we're almost a little too much at times and I'm aware of things. Um, you know, then you decide, hey, listen, where is the best for me? And, and a lot of the biggest traders I know had multiple accounts. They have multiple accounts because some brokers have better short lift. Some brokers have better platforms. Some brokers have better pricing. Some brokers are great for stock loan and stock locate. So it's not uncommon for a trader to have multiple accounts based on multiple timeframes or specialties or whatever. But yeah, I, I think what you're doing is, is perfect. It's, it's what I advise people to do in situations like this is ease into it. And, uh, and and figure out what's best for you. And I'm, I'm glad you're giving us a shot. I really am. Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially when it comes to the type of trading that I like to focus on, which is definitely much more fast paced. I tried to minimize my exposure risk by spending less time in a trade. You know, it, it comes down to a point where every penny on a trade can count. And if you're trading high volume, like I do, where, you know, certain orders, like today, I, I took a position with about 20,000 shares. Uh, and I was even looking to push even higher up to 50,000. It's, uh, it adds up in terms of, you know, routing fees, all those things like that adds up at the end of the month. And so if I can find something that is essentially faster or, uh, cheaper and can save me money at the end of the year, by all means, like I would love to test things out because, you know, it might be a, a bit of a slowdown in terms of profits while I'm testing it compared to my main account. But I think overall the benefits will far outweigh the, you know, that little slower period. Absolutely. Like I said, and, and like I said, you you had some uh, struggles in trading a couple of accounts at the same time. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, we like to think that uh, from a customer service standpoint, uh, and obviously from a pricing standpoint, we, we like to think that we do a really, really good job for this very specific niche of customer of which you and your subscribers and students are so that's why i said we're uh we're excited about the relationship and i think uh you know this will work out well for everybody yeah absolutely yeah and let's actually talk about like that little mistake that i made it was uh i think it was last week or maybe the week before and <laughs> essentially for you guys who don't know i trade using a platform called sterling trader pro and sterling is not a brokerage they are just solely a trading platform provider and so you basically have to connect the platform to whatever brokers that you're using. Now, Mondium uh, does carry Sterling by default. I believe they carry Sterling and DOS. And then um, pretty much every brokerage that I've ever used has carried Sterling as well. And I love Sterling. It has never really failed on me. It has worked very consistently. And so whenever I find brokerages that also use Sterling, I always try to test them out just to see, okay, platform is basically the same let's see how the back end works the problem with that is the layout for every brokerage that i'm using is exactly the same and the only differentiator that I, you can see between which account that you're using is the basically the account number at the top of the windows or this little tab that you see in the order engine window and so it can be very which is like the last thing that you're focusing on in the market yeah exactly you, your little account on right yeah <laughs> yeah you're focusing on matching risk try not to lose you know like five grand and so um and so that's the one thing that i missed last week is that i thought i was signing into my main account and we're the significantly high balance and a significantly yeah, bigger yeah. risk limits and all these different things yes, yes exactly so basically with my main account it's past 600k and the Monium account had about 30. So about, you know, 20 times less. 
And so I start taking trades on the Monday account, thinking that I have $600,000 worth of capital to work with. And all of a sudden I'm in this position and it was honestly, like I thought it was a good trade. And all of a sudden I run out of capital to add to my position. I'm like, what's going on here? And I look closely and I realize I'm in the wrong account. And essentially the position I was in or the trade that I was trying to get into, it required me to scale into the position because there was not that many shares available for a larger position that I intended to. And so the initial couple of orders that I placed were at a price that wasn't quite favorable. And so I came at, I was basically stuck with this decision, like, okay, it's gonna hit the area where I want to fully add. I don't have any more money to buy more shares. And so do I just cut this loss or do I potentially look for it to just come back and the trade works the way it was, uh, I intended it to work. And in my opinion, I think it's better to be safe than sorry. And so I cut the loss and I realized the loss, but unfortunately, because of like Michael said, like the different risk profiles for different accounts, you have a bigger account, you're going to be risking more. I ended up taking a 10% loss, I believe on the body of accounts when that would have been like a 0.5% loss on my main account. And that was rather unfortunate because it took me underneath the threshold requirement for the account balance. And so the account was actually uh, temporarily suspended until I add more money to the account. Uh, right. Yeah. So that was, that was one, one thing I like about the way you, the way you speak about this. And I think this is something that as you're educating traders, when you mention the fact that you're looking for a very specific loss and that loss represents this X percentage of your account and the 20% loss versus the 0.5% loss. And the, based on the size of your account, that's going to determine what kind of risk you're willing to take in the trade and how big of a position you're going to take. I think it's a really important thing. And based on the way you talk, I am certain you've spoke about this with students, things like that. I think there's a really, really good way to look at it. Um, and that understanding that the smaller of an account you have, the, the, the less risk you should be taking, the less reward you should be expecting, that kind of thing. And if you're trading a $30,000 account versus $600,000 account, everything needs to scale 20 times less based on, or 20 times more based on how you're looking at it. And I think that's really, really important to understand it when you're, when you're starting to trade. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And to be clear, like I don't use the entire account. Like for a long time, I, I rarely even like touched the entire amount of capital that I have in my main account. And and so oftentimes, once I get to like a certain level and like small account challenge, stuff like that, that I run, I'll start to see like very similar profits between my main account and my small account. I start to question like, oh, why am I even like trading a large main account? Like, what should I do with this money? Start putting it to work. But yeah, I think risk should definitely be relative to your account size. I think a lot of people get that wrong where they'll see, or especially new traders, they'll come in and they'll see someone like me who has a couple years of experience. I'm... Um, decently good at managing my risk as long as I know which account I'm in and um, they'll start seeing the profits that I have and they'll want to mimic the same thing but they have a much smaller account and if you think about it if you, let's say you take a, a position with like a 2 to 1 risk to reward ratio uh, and you're aiming to make like a thousand bucks on a trade and you have like a ten thousand dollar account well you're risking $500 right there. And that's 5% of your entire account. And so 
if you're going to survive that way as a trader, you have to have a very high accuracy rate that you're not getting hit with, you know, 10 trades that are losses. And all of a sudden you lose basically half of your account. Right. Which is very, very difficult having, yeah, very, having a very, very high accuracy rate and increase trade for any length of time. Those is really, really difficult. Right. So yeah, you have to make sure you have to plan for losses. The best traders we've all ever seen, um, take a lot of losses from time to time. the, the, the goal obviously is to have your losses being much smaller than your, than your winners. Um, and, uh, even if the, the way I was, the way this was always phrased to me was if you're right 50% of the time and your losses are one unit and your gains are four units, statistically over time, you have to make money. Yeah. So it's important, um, to have that level of detail inside of your own trading, just like any kind of business where you're running analytics on a business and figuring out what your expenses are, what your costs are and what your revenues look like and how much you want to spend on XYZ in terms of your trading account the same thing, what type of trades are you, you getting involved in? Uh, what type of losses are you expecting? What type of gains are you expecting? And what's your win versus loss percentage? If you have some sort of a general idea as to what all those things are, I'm not saying it's easy to trade because it's probably one of the most difficult things that and I've been dealing with traders for 25 years. It's one of the most difficult things that you could probably attempt to do because the market's always evolving. But the math on it is very simple. Yeah. Order one risk reward ratios, 50% winning ratios, or you'll you'll net two units and net net you you should be good over time. And if, if your numbers don't work out to that, and if you're not looking at it in a very, very analytical way, the way that you are, this becomes difficult or in some cases sort of an impossible past. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, the way I, I like to break it down to, move to my students is that, you know, if you're aiming for this minimum threshold of a trading where you're aiming for, let's say, like you said, four to one, uh, then theoretically, you only need to be right more than 20% of the time to be past break even before commissions and fees. Right. And so that, that I think that gives new traders a lot more conviction if they and confidence that they understand that so that they realize, okay, I might suck at picking like good trades right now. My accuracy rate might be really low, but if I aim for good quality trade, even if I'm not good at picking them, it doesn't take that many winners to keep me afloat and keep me going and even make a little bit of profit. And so I think Absolutely. for traders, it's, it's really just focusing on risk first and thinking about profits as a secondary thing and just making sure you're picking good quality trades. I, I have an opinion on this, but I want to ask you a question. I know I know you're interviewing me, but I'm gonna throw a no, question back at you because we're 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 uh, you and I talk offline a lot. Um, uh, demo trading, right? There's a lot of educators out there that whereby demo trading. There's a lot of educators out there that claim that demo trading doesn't have the emotional factor in it, which is really really important for really understanding the markets. Uh, what's your opinion on it? So let's say a new trader comes about, and again. To be clear, my name doesn't accept new traders. We only want experienced people with a year or more. Um, but a new trader comes to you and says, I am looking at a second career in trading and I want to take your courses and learn from you and everything else. Do you tell them funded accountant and start trading right away? Do you recommend them trade on a demo account? Where where do you go with that? So typically the way we break things out for them is that we want to educate them first. Once they start picking up more of the advanced techniques, we have them run in a demo account. And the reason for that is, yeah, I agree. You're not going to have the emotional aspect of things, but it's a 
it's an environment that lets them practice the technical side of trading risk-free so that so that they're not worried about you know mastering you know applying a strategy or consistently applying risk management technique until they actually feel like they have achieved some sort of level of consistent profitability trade once they do that then we recommend for them to go ahead and start opening up a live account and in my opinion i always tell them to go small at first so that the impact on the emotional side of things is minimal and that they can build up on that because i think with trading as you grow your live accounts your share size is going to increase as well but in order for you to do that you have to be accustomed to dealing with that many shares you can't just jump from using you know 100 shares per trade to 5,000 shares per trade absolutely it, yeah it leaves the psychological mark on you especially during the trade and i've been speaking about, about this from experience because i remember when i started making a little bit of money with trading and i was like okay time to jump and i would you know triple my position sizing quadruple my position sizing and all of a sudden it'd be the same trade you know liquidity would be fine but my heart would be pounding to my chest and i started having like emotional reactions where i couldn't really make unbiased decisions and that became obviously problematic yeah sure that, that's when you need to have a reset mental health day get out of the market yeah. for a day relax um yeah. the way and, and i think that that's i i agree with you um based on traders that i've seen over my career the the, the one the one thing that i've always found that that well, I remember I traded for years myself, and I, I've always said that I think that puts me in a little bit different of a position than most people in terms of really understanding. You know, again, when you're in a when you're in a trade and you feel like you're in the wrong account, and do I take the loss or do I hold on to it and hope it goes back up? And what do I do here? Remember, I would never say to you, "Okay, you, I think you should do X, Y, Z," but I know what that feels like. But I know it's from experience. If you watch a piano player. Any any video you'd ever see on somebody playing piano or Elton John or Billy Joel or any of these amazing pianists that are out there, the one thing you'll notice is they're never looking down at the keys. And the one thing that I've always noticed when I've been in the presence of really good traders and when I traded myself is if if I was to sit there and talk to you while you were trading and I said to you, all right, I want you to place a limit order to buy 5,000 shares at XYZ price and place a sell stop at XYZ price. The best traders that I've ever known get to the point where they're not looking down at the keys. They can carry an entire conversation. They know where all the buttons are. They know where the market maker windows are. They know how everything is moving around on their keyboard to do that. So to me, what the demo does is it allows you to have this risk-free, emotion-free kind of environment that allows you to get that comfort level with the system so that you can place those orders uh, learn how to place orders, market orders, limit orders, knowing where the sell keys, the buy keys, and all these different things are, and allows you to do it with such a comfort level. Because remember, when the pressure is really on, you're in a stock that's up significantly, and you strike me as a guy who likes to trade the hot stock of the day, the stock that's flying around with the most action, the most money to be made. And again, in my experience, a lot of traders that do do really well like to be in those names because they have tight risk management skills. And if a position slides against them, boom, they take their position off. If it goes up in their favor, they can make a lot of money because the average true ranges are very big. But what the demo does for newer traders is allows them to get very comfortable with where the keys are, very comfortable with the sort of visual setup of, of, the, um, of your system. So they know where everything is without even looking. And, and one of the things that you mentioned earlier, you've been using Sterling 
forever. You've been using Sterling at different firms. You've been using Sterling on your own. You've been using Sterling wherever you go. And if you were going to try out a new broker, if they didn't offer Sterling, then that's not the place for you. Sterling, I've been using Sterling forever. I was a trader on Sterling myself. I'm very comfortable. I'm a client to Sterling now also. Um, and the reason why you're so comfortable with it, in my opinion, is because you know where all the buttons are. You could almost use Sterling in your sleep because you've been doing yeah. it for so long that you know where the the baskets are, the buttons are. If you want to change a hotkey, move a route around, you could almost do it with your eyes closed and have a conversation and watch a, you know, watch Revenge of the Sith as you're doing all this um, <laughs> yeah. because you've memorized that as well. Um, we're Star Wars guys, if you guys couldn't tell the, to the listeners out there, but um, but yeah, so I, I think that's a big part of it. Um, and having the sort of mental acuity to say, listen, I know where everything is on the, on the, on the setup. I know what I need to do and you can do it without even looking. And to me, that's what the demo does. Yes. It doesn't give you that emotional attachment, the fear and the greed that you need to really attack when you're, when you're, when you're trading well or trading poorly or whatever, it doesn't give you that real feeling of it, but it does give you the ability to almost have that piano like approach to trading where you kind of know where everything is. I think that's really, really important to be successful in the long term. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's almost like, uh, not to compare, not to gamify trading because it's not a game, but it always reminded me of how video game streamers, they'll be speedrunning some sort of game and have complete focus. Everything's innate. They don't need to look at the controls. They need to think about what they're doing. And they can just have full conversations with whatever chat's going on, whether it be on. YouTube live stream on Twitch, whatever it is, it's completely second nature in terms of the technical executions. Absolutely. Like I said, we're not gamified trading by any means that no, 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 no. and, and, and whatnot, but, um, but yeah, no, knowing where everything is and, and being very comfortable with it. Uh, and, and that's almost like a test for a trader. It's, if you get sit at your, at your system and somebody says to you, place a limit order to buy 5,000 shares on NASDAQ at 16 cents and you can do it without looking down at the keys. It's almost like now you're ready to go into the marketplace. And remember, if you're trading live and and as you are trading, you have to look down and say 5,000 ARCA, <laughs> you, you, you probably yeah. should take it easy, lighten up on your share positions a little bit because you're probably not ready. Because remember, as you know, just from the other day, from, from, from watching that sort of fat finger that you had, um, the market does tend to do things that are not of the stocks that are throwing you curveballs constantly. Uh, and there's a lot of money that's at, sometimes really at play here. So you really have to be careful with it. But, uh, no, I, I think your approach to the demos to live is, uh, is a good one. I think it's a good way to approach it. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's worked pretty well so far in terms of what we've been doing with the students. I think it, it helps them generate a lot of confidence, especially in the beginning when they you know a lot of a lot of the people that come in to work with us they have they never even heard of trading before you know getting in touch with me or seeing any of my content and so they're very nervous when they see you know my my streams or my videos they see like just numbers everywhere and they're like how could you possibly make sense of any of this and so i think the simulator and the demo systems they help make things more digestible and it doesn't give them pressure to actually learn everything all at once so that they have to, you know, manage a live trade. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like looking at the matrix almost, right? Like when you're yeah. looking around like, and you see the green squiggly lines and for you, you see the lady in the red dress, right? Yep. It, it changes things up a little bit. Um, no, but absolutely. Like I said, um, that's a good way to start. Yeah. Well, 
You can't, you can't be looking at the lady in the red dress. That's when Agent Smith gets you. That's a good point. That's a very good point. He <laughs> <laughs> always has to be looking around the other the corner, making sure there's no... Uh, That's it. Yeah, no stop punches or anything like that. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, but again, I, I really appreciate you, 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 you testing this out. And like I said, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll expand the relationship over time as, uh, you know, again, any broker you're with that you're with for a long period of time, testing somebody else out, um, trying new routes, trying new brokers, having a new experience. And as you know, from if we're good at anything, it's our customer service. It's we're really on top of things when, you know, there's good things happening, mistakes happening, um, whatever's going on. Like I said, my, my team and I are, are really on top of the traders. Cause like I said to you, I, I think that active traders in the way that you and your people are, are unicorns out there, right? It's a very, very specific niche. It needs a very, very specific, um, set of skills, a very specific set of customer service skills, um, uh, in, in working with your kinds of traders because it's all latency sensitive, right? We want to be as fast to everything as we can, fast to our emails, fast to our phone calls, fast to reaching out, fast to fixing issues, fast to fixing routing and all the things that we have to do um, because the market's moving quickly. So, you know, we're, we're judged in nanoseconds in the market. So we have to make sure we're not taking five minutes to to fix things and answer things. So I think it's really important um, that, that different firms handle it that way, especially for this new oh, trader. Yeah. yeah, actually, let me just touch on that real quick in terms of my experience because when I first opened the account, I think I submitted the request or like the application to open the accounts like a very late January. And so um, markets were closed because of the new year and stuff like that. And January 3rd, I believe, rolls around. And I think I get an email basically saying, you know, your account is in the process. And there was an issue with me funding my account because the bank that I was trying to funding with, it, it wasn't working. It was on my end. But when the account finally opened up, it was so fast and there was like one tiny little bug with uh, the order routing wasn't connected. And it was so impressive to me that when I reached out, I sent, I believe I sent an email out and within, I want to say like an hour or two, it was fixed. And I've dealt with brokerages in the past before, but I've never experienced customer service this quick and it's responsive. And had almost zero effect on my trade. And after that, it was, we were good to go. And anytime we, I, we really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We really but appreciate it. Like I said, you know, whether it's, yeah, whether it's a routing, like I said, we had that, that issue with, uh, you know, there, there were a couple of routes that were connected on the back end and we're not perfect. Like I said, especially when we set up new accounts, sometimes there's glitches and stuff. We get to it as fast as we can. Um, setting ACHs, like I said, one of the things we tried to do. Um, with our onboarding portal and the whole onboarding experience in general is we want it to be really easy to open up accounts, really easy to fund, really easy to close accounts, really easy to get your money back, really easy to, um, you know, upload driver's licenses and things like this. Because again, there are a lot of broker dealers out there. There's a lot of firms out there that quite frankly, if you're in business, you're doing a good job. There's, there's traders there. There's a reason why they're there. Um, and, and like I said, Mondium only accepts experienced traders. So our entire business is basically swaying people that are working with other brokers and saying, Hey, give us an opportunity. Maybe don't close all of your accounts, but open another account with us because we're good at our customer service. We've got good, 
routing strategies. We've got stock loan, you know, whatever we're talking about. There's certain firms that do better jobs than lots of certain things. And we like to think we do better jobs than others. Um, but the most important thing for us is accountability and accessibility. And we've talked about this in the past. Accountability meaning when there's a mistake, there's an issue, there's something going on, we're accountable for it. You know, we, we take responsibility for whatever's going on. We own the platform. We own, and when I say own, I mean, it's our responsibility. Not that we own our platform because Sterling is a third party, but um, we, we, we own the relationship. It's our um it's important for us to make sure everything's working smoothly and whatnot at accessibility, right? Um, when things are working great and everything's going perfectly, nobody needs you to pick up the phone. Nobody needs you to answer an email. Nobody needs you to, 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 to deal with issues, right? It's when things, there's problems or, or again, you're, you're having an issue. You can't get a stock locate or you're getting bought in on an overnight stock loan and you need to reach out to somebody to say, Hey, listen, how can I prevent this from happening? That's when you need somebody to be accountable and accessible that you can reach out to people. So it's the one thing, whenever I hire anybody to work at Mondium, I want to make sure that you're not afraid to pick up the phone. You're not afraid to answer your emails. You're available at nights and weekends. You're available at five o'clock in the morning, which is where some of the greatest trades out there happen sometimes. Um, and it's one of the things we kind of built the mantra of the company on. And as you know, from you and I speaking, I'm, I'm always available. I'm always on time. Um, unless I've got a, spinal epidural which that's a whole story for another time we can do a whole i had a medical issue not too long ago where i was a little a little out of it for a little bit because i had a, a a couple of herniated discs so that's a whole different story but yeah so listen I, I i appreciate the kind words we uh we try to be as on top of everything as we can be not everything goes perfectly all the time the markets tend to do that to people but uh um frank and i and preston and a lot of the guys on my team all the guys on my team are uh are on their game and we, we like to think we are all this time Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just last little touch on in terms of like little words of praise for me in terms of what I was uniquely impressed by was the onboarding. And that's often like such a little thing to me. But in the past, whenever I'd open a new account with any brokerage, it'd be not just like it, w- it wouldn't take a couple of days. It'd be like a week long, like a week or two week, three week process. And in terms of sending documents and back and forth on emails, I kind of just expected that that's what the standard of the industry was. And so when my account that I basically submitted an application during the holidays was opened up probably within like a day or two and actually and if you up, remember because yeah. you were using a specific bank that had an issue yeah. with plaid on the back end of it, I called you and I said, listen, I just want to apologize to you. There's an issue with the bank. So just give me another, give me a day. And we it got rectified and, and funded the account and everything else. But like I said, um, we we have to be faster. We yep. we we have to be again, not to say that we're faster than other brokerage firms. I'm sure there's a lot of firms out there that do a great job, but we have to be fast. We have it has to be easy for people to do this. It has to be almost I don't want to say uploading documents and driver's license ever a pleasurable experience. We try to make it as easy <laughs> as possible. So um I can't wait till, you know, what are you doing this weekend? I'm uploading my driver's license over to Monday. But um, it's one of those things where we, we try to make it as easy of an experience as we can, because that's our way of saying, we want your business. We're excited to have you. Um, and again, my, my chief compliance officer, Preston, that was sort of his brainchild of when we started figuring out different ways. Because again, everybody, I, I did a, um, a panel at a conference in Chicago where I was at a um, speaking on a panel with like Robinhood and E-Trade and 
I really felt like I was out of my league a little bit because these guys have, you know, 80 billion or, you know, whatever, tens of billions of dollars valuations. And I'm up there with Mondi in three months after we launch. And, um, um, so as we were discussing this, like, why does the world need another brokerage firm? And we, everybody asked me that another brokerage firm, aren't there a million of them out there? And there are, um, we wanted to ask ourselves, what do we do to separate ourselves in such a crowded environment? And Preston, who's got a long experience with regulators and he's got a, he won't say he has a technology background, but he's really, really good with it. Um, basically said, well, we need our own onboarding portal that'll really separate us and spent a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of headaches trying to put this thing together. Um, when somebody ever says, oh, we're not going to you know, use somebody else's technology, we're just going to build our own, this was a process. And it's, it's still something we're working on every single day to, to tweak and fine-tune. But uh, a lot of it was our proprietary onboarding portal that uh, that was that was built by the internal team. It's, it, it's really separated, so we're really proud of it. Jeff, I think it definitely shows. It's rare to see this kind of commitment to not just during the actual like trading process of a client, but also just the entire lifespan. Like when they onboard, like you said, like if you if you ever want to close an account, like it's it's fast and it's easy. Take out your money. Like if you want to, uh, from from what I saw, if you want to like pull out funds, you don't have to email someone and then send like verification and stuff like that. It's all in the portal. You just push a button, almost as if yeah. you're using like your your bank. Yeah. Well, again, we're using some of the same technology, like Plaid is the authentication um, system that we use that a lot of the big banks use as well. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, we, we try to make it as fast and easy as possible so that people have a comfort level saying, hey, listen, if I want to wire funds in, if I want to ACH my money out, not a problem at all. Um, and remember, certain traders like the idea of Frank calling you and saying, hey, listen, I got a new route in the dropdown for you, or that, that issue was fixed, or... Um, you have a margin call or whatever, certain traders just want to deal with emails and portals and everything else. So again, we're really trying to um, accommodate different segments of traders that, again, maybe more digitally focused, maybe more high touch. But whoever you are, if you are in this specific market segment of active sort of active retail, active professional um, traders that are looking to trade for cash flow, we really think we're a good home for that specific market segment. At least we try to be. I think so too. In my experience, I think you guys are doing a really good job. Yeah. We try. And like I said, I look forward to being on these podcasts with you once a month where we can uh, talk it out and everything else. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to be in California uh, in the first half of February. So uh, I look forward to potentially getting together with you and sitting down and breaking bread and, uh, and talking shop. So I'm excited about it. Absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to that. All right. Well, thank you for actually Perfect. coming on the podcast, Michael. And like we said before, yeah. and just keep things going and keep this relationship building. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Tavia, thank you so much. And uh, I will talk to you soon, brother. All right. Talk to you soon. See you, Michael. Cheers.